Well, good morning, Restoration Church. Oh, come on. Good morning, Restoration Church. It's such a great day to be here this morning with you. As just Pastor Jeremy just mentioned, my name is Stephen Johnson, and I serve as one of the pastoral staffs here at Restoration Church, and I'm also launching our fourth location for Restoration Church in Bethlehem, and I'm super, me and my... That was... That was scary, but it's all right. Uh, me and my wife, we are launching our fourth location in Bethlehem, and we are already settled, and we are getting new families and friends, getting to know the town a little more. And thank you for all your prayers and your encouragements uh, uh, throughout this journey. So keep us in, in your prayers as well. We are, we are planning to launch our fourth location in April on Easter Sunday, so... It's a long ways, but a lot of things to be done, and I appreciate all your prayers. Hey, today, uh, we, are, uh, we are one church that meets in different locations, so I want to welcome all of our uh, viewers online and from Plymouth and Milton location. I'm super excited that you're joining us today. Hey, uh, as you all know, we are talking about, we are talking, this TV is not working, it's all right. Uh, we are talking through the sermon called Pray Like Jesus, and Pastor Nate has been laying a foundation throughout last two weeks um, about how we need to pray and how prayer is important in our journey. And today, I want to I wanna talk to us, uh, I want to talk to you guys about the prayer that Jesus prayed at the Garden of Gethsemane. Garden of Gethsemane. This place, I want to give you a context of what's happening in this place. This place, the Garden of Gethsemane, is a place where Jesus gets arrested. Garden of Gethsemane is a place where Judas, one of Jesus' disciples, betrays him with a kiss. This is a place, the Garden of Gethsemane is a place where Jesus is met with a lot of pain and agony and pressures of what he's about to take in his life. This is a place where he prayed his official final prayer to God. So this place contains a lot of significance in the Bible. This is a, this is a place and this is the word, the prayer that we find the profound moments in the Bible where even though Jesus is met with this immense pain and sufferings in his life, he never gives up, but he finds a place to pray to God. And today I want to remind you about the importance of prayer and what it can hold in our lives. Because through prayer, we can overcome the situation. How many of you believe that? Through prayer. So if you have your Bibles today or your smartphones, go to Luke chapter 22, verses 38 to 46. That's where I'm going to read out from Luke chapter 22, verse 38 to 46. And I'm not going to take time to read all seven scriptures, but I want to, what I want to do today is take prayer as an example and each letter as an example and deconstruct it with the verses. So, 
The first one I want to talk through is verse, verse 39. Luke chapter 22, verse 39. It reads like this. Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. The number one or the letter that I want to focus is P, persistence. What does, what does persistence mean? Persistence means continuing to do something in spite of difficulties. In spite of difficulties. And as you look through the scripture, it says Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives. When we pray persistently, it does not mean that we are begging God for anything. It does not mean that we are asking and pleading and, and, and asking and begging God, do this for me. It's not that. Persistent prayer is understanding that God himself is the source of our blessings. That is persistent prayer. And when we go through this scripture here, Jesus knowing he's going to get arrested. Jesus knowing that he needs to endure the cross in, in a moment. He examples and he models us how to pray. It says he went to an usual place. What does that mean? He often had a connection with that place. He often used to go to that place to get to the Father's heart. And I pray here this morning that if we have a usual place in our closet or if we have a usual place in our lives, the usual place will get us to the supernatural. You know, if you take through and learn this scripture, we know that he couldn't take or he couldn't attain the pain. He, he, couldn't, he couldn't go through this physical emotion and torture and the thought that he's going to take this cross. But something really supernaturally happened to him when he was in the usual place. And it's the same with us this morning that when we go to our usual prayer closet this morning. Or in your life. God will do the supernatural for us. Because he meets us in the usual. He meets us in the usual and this morning, I want to emphasize that the God will bring the breakthroughs when we meet him in the usual. When we meet him in the usual. The second letter that I want to focus today is R. And the very next verse, it says, Jesus says to his disciples, on reaching the place, he said to the disciples, pray that you will not fall into temptations. And the letter R I want to focus is resistance. Resistance. Temptation was the problem. Then, and temptation is the problem currently in this place. Not just in the church, but all around the world. Temptation is a problem it's a global problem. It's not just a New Hampshire problem. It's a global problem. But let me tell you, friends and family, church, the only way you can overcome and oversee a temptation is through prayer. There's no other, there's no other way that you can, you can deviate from that. There's no other way that you can shut that thought unless you put Jesus in that thought. 
And here God, Jesus is implying and, and teaching his disciples, hey, listen, do not fall into temptation, but pray. And how many of you believe in here that prayer changes your temptation thoughts? Prayer changes the heart conditions. Prayer changes the way you think. And that's what Jesus is telling in this, in this verse. And one of the things that caught my attention is he does not just say, hey, pray so that you can overcome temptation, but he also models that for us. What did he do? He said, disciples, hey, listen, I know you're tired. I know you're doing all these things, ministry, but listen, pray that you don't fall into temptation. And what does he do? The next thing he does is he secludes himself and go and knelt down and he prayed. Church, temptation is all around us. The negativeness, negative thoughts, it's all around us. We cannot escape that. But what we can do is through prayer, we can, we can tell those thoughts to not live inside of us. And I believe today that we all struggle and we all go through things, but through prayer and how Jesus modeled here that we need to, we need to ask God in our lives so that we can overcome these thoughts. Overcome these temptations. And next verse, I like, I like how Jesus talks in these verses, in these seven verses, and it's in order. Luke chapter 22, verse 42, it reads like this. Father, if you are willing, please take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. I just want to focus on this part. Father, if you are willing... Please take this cup from me. And the next letter I want to focus is A. And that means ask. Ask. We, we often think asking God is, is a sin. Asking God is a sin. God, give me this. Give me that. Give me those. Give me, give me a good job. Give me, give me a good four-wheeler. Give me a good uh, truck. Give me a good job. Give me a new, the new model iPhone or iPad, whatever. Whatever. We think that asking God is, is bad. But here, Jesus asked his father, if you're willing, take this cup away from me. Take a moment and think about this, all right? What exactly is he asking God? What exactly is he asking when he says, hey, Take this cup from me. If you're willing, take this cup from me. What exactly is he asking? He's asking, God, is there any other way that, that you can do this? Is there any other way that I don't, I don't have to be the savior of this world? Is there any other way that I don't have to endure this cross? Is there any other way that I can be, I can be useful in this world? Is there any other way, God? Is there any other way, Father, that you can... You can take this out from me. He's asking God in, in that desperate moments. He's asking God in that, in that painful and sufferings. He's, he's asking God, God, Father, is there any other way that I can save this world? It's yet so powerful moments. The 
that God teaches, Jesus teaches us, us that it's not his own desires. It's not his own ideas and thoughts and, and needs that he's putting first. But even in that immense pain, even in that immense tragic moments and pain and sufferings, he's still, he's still putting God's desires about his own. And it's a real good model for us. It's a real good model and thoughts that we need to put as a church believers that we may have our own needs and wants when we live in this earth. We may need and want something special, but it's important that to ask if it is the will of the Father. It's not wrong to ask anything from God, but it's, it's important you ask the right things from God. It's, it's important to learn to ask the right questions and right things from God. Asking secular things don't get us anything. Asking for, for luxurious lifestyle won't get us anything. But asking for God's will to be done on this earth in our lives will get us to the next destination that God has for us. And I firmly believe that. Verse 42 again. And I'm going super fast, but I, wanna, I want to uh, acknowledge the time here as well. We have baptism such a great celebration. But look at this verse. Luke chapter 22, verse 42 again. Father, if you're willing, please take this cup away from me. Yet not my will, but yours be done. Yet not my will, yours be done. And the next letter I want to focus is why. And it reads, yield. Yield. Yielding is such an important thing. How many of you believe that yielding is such an important thing? Yielding to God's will is such an important thing. That's how I need to put it. Yielding to, yielding to what God wants in our lives. Yielding to what God, God's promises. Yielding to His God's purpose in our lives is important. And I was, while I was creating sermon, writing the sermon, and while I was doing this point, I, I was just hit with this thought. You know, it's been five and a half years since we went back to India. It's been five and a half years. Me and my wife went back to India. And we never seen our parents for that long. When I say parents, it's my wife's parents. We, we don't differentiate, but we call them parents. But it's been five and a half years. And a lot of times in my, in, my, in my life, throughout this pastoral ministry, I always often get disappointed and say, God, I really want to go back. I'm really honest with you, church. Even serving at Restoration Church for the last almost two and a half years, even through these moments, I feel like to quit. 
and go back to India. It's so hard for me to not be with my parents. It's, it's hard for me to not have my children see their grandparents. It's hard when we call, when we FaceTime, when they say, hey, we wish we could see you guys. We wish we could spend time with you guys. It's hard to hear those words from my parents. But you know what? Every time I feel like quitting, every time I feel like, God, I'm just, I'm just going to quit and go back. It's important for me to know what God has plans for me. It's important for me and my wife to know to yield to His promises. It's important for me to know what God has for me. Yes, it's easy for me to quit. Yes, it's easy for us to go back to India and do ministry over there. But you know what? It may not be easy for me to be here and preach to you or to do or to launch another location for Restoration Church. But let me tell you, if that's what God has for us, I will yield to it. Because you know what? There's a greater joy and there's a greater purpose and there's a greater promise that is waiting when we yield to the promises of God. And when I yielded to the, to the promise or the plans God has for us, we stepped down from Plymouth and started the process of launching another location. Yes, it's hard. Yes, we have hardships that we go through. But I believe there's a greater reward waiting for us because we yielded to what God has for us. Family, friends, today it's important for you and for me to yield to the promises of God. To yield to the yeses and noes of Jesus. It may look like this is the best job you have. It may look like the relationship you are in is the best that you will ever get. You may, it may look like whatever you're earning is the best. You may, it may look like it's, it's comfortable. It may look like nice. It may look awesome. It may look everything is going fine. But let me tell you, are you yielding to what God has for you? Are you yielding to His promises? Because it's really important for us to ask that question in our lives. God, are you, are you here? Are you in my life? Because I want to yield to every single promise that you have for me. I was just, as I said, thinking through this, through this thought. Just saying yes to Pastor Nate to launch Bethlehem, not only, not only me and my wife stepped into the promise of God, but it enlarged the vision for the church. When we yield to the promises of God, when we yield to the yeses of God, it does not just, just, it's for you. It's not just, just for you. It may be for your family, for your friends, for your kids. You never know how God shifts those puzzles in our lives when we yield to His Word. 
as Jesus yielded, not my will, but Father, yours be done in my life. It's important just because he yielded to the promise. We all are gathered here today. We all are experiencing this freedom to worship because one person yielded to the promise of God. And this morning, I want to emphasize on that, church. Yield to the promise. Yield to the purpose. Don't yield to the surroundings. Don't yield to the, to the worldly pleasures. Don't yield to what the world may offer you. Yield to every single word God has for us. God has for you. This shows, this verse, this shows how, how, how humble Jesus was, how submissive Jesus was. Even though he was going through all these things and even though he had the time to give up, he was so humble that he said that prayer, God, Father, yet not my will but yours be done. And today I want to ask us, humble ourselves in the presence of God. Humble, ask God, teach us how to humble. Teach us how to be polite and humble. Because there is something that happens when we, when we do that. And the next verse, it says this, verse 44, it reads, And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly. And the next word, letter I want to focus is E, earnestly. Being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly. Even when the pain and sufferings was more, the Bible says he prayed more earnestly, intensely. That just blew my mind. Right? He's going through the sufferings. He's going through that agony. He's going through that, that moments of pain. And yet, he did not run away from the problem. He did not run away from the pain. Or he did not take Tylenol or ibuprofen to numb the pain. He did not go to the doctor and say, Doctor, I'm in severe pain or the, the mental torture that I'm going through. Please help me. He did not do anything to numb the pain or, or give up on that pain. But the Bible says, the more the pain, he prayed more earnestly, more intensely. And this morning, he, he's telling us, when we go through that pain and when we go through that agony of our souls, don't run away and quit from God, but I pray that we run to God and seek Him. It's easy for us when we go through things that we turn our backs against God. It's easy for us to say, God, God, you are bringing this pain to me. God, you are... Why are you doing this to me? It's easy for us to talk about it, verbalize all those things. But how many of you run to God and say, God, 
Yes, I'm going through this pain, but I know my Redeemer lives. I know a God who brings peace and comfort. It's easy when our souls are hurtful, when our physical body hurts, and our souls and spiritual body hurts, it's easy. But let me tell you, friends, what Jesus did. He prayed more intensely, more earnestly. And I think we need to take that and put it in our hearts this morning and say, God, yes, it's painful. Yes, it's hard. Yes, it's sometimes we feel it, God. But I will never give up on your promise. I will never give up on every word that you spoke over my life. I will more intensely go to that usual place. I will more intensely kneel down and pray to God for that breakthrough. It's important for us, church, that we earnestly, more intensely pray to God. You know, while I was driving this morning, I was scrolling down on Facebook. Yeah, don't do that while you're driving, all right? All right? Don't do that. That's not recommended. But, you know, it's a two and a half hours of drive from Bethlehem to here. So we left way early morning. So I was like, oh my gosh, I need something to boost my energy so that I can drive. So I was just scrolling down on Facebook and I saw a pastor pastor's post on Facebook and it really wrecked my heart and it was it was a post about her daughter his daughter who committed suicide last night a pastor's daughter committed suicide because she was going through depression it wrecked my heart while I was driving and I asked God God why Why? Why God? Why? Why is this? Why is this happening? Why don't? It was hard, really, church. It was hard to read that pastor's post. But you know what? I prayed while I was driving God. Be with that pastor and family. It's hard. It's hard. And it's, it's easy to quit and run. But it's important, church, to pray for the next generation. It's important for us to have a prayer life. I cannot even imagine what he's going through, his family is going through. But I pray that we take time. We never neglect. Hear me, church. We never neglect the power of prayer. We never neglect going in the throne room with Jesus. We never neglect the moments that we spend in that usual place. Because there's the power that releases. There's a supernatural power that releases when we sit in that presence. It may not look like it. You may not feel like it. 
but there is a power that releases in that usual place. Church, it's important. Our kids may not like it. Our kids may not like to pray, but you pray. Model a prayer life in your, in your family. Model that. If they don't see that in your life, where will they see? One Sunday in here is not enough. I pray that we as parents and we as believers, we model that for our kids. We model that for our spouses. We model that for our church. Earnestness. Pray with earnestly. Lastly, I want to talk about the letter R. And it's a revelation. The band can come up. A revelation. It's not the book of revelation I'm talking about here. It's not the book of Revelation that I'm talking about here. I'm talking about the revelation of who God is. You know what? Jesus did all these things. Jesus could do all these things. He went, he bore the pains, he bore the sufferings, he bore the shame and guilt and everything. And he went to the cross. Because he had a revelation of who he was. He had a revelation of whom he belonged to. And this morning, there's a lot of, when I look around this world, there's a lot of identity crisis happening in this generation because they don't know whom they belong to. They don't have a revelation of who, who they are. They don't have a revelation of who God is. They don't have a revelation of whom they serve in this earth. And what happens due to that? There's a lot of identity crisis. There's a lot of depression happens. There's a lot of, lot of things happening internally in their lives. They might be in church but not not spiritually connected with God. But I pray and I, I, I beg you that we have a revelation of who Jesus is in our lives. That we have a revelation of who God is. Because when we have that in our lives, we can do we can tell the temptation, get away from my life. We can tell to the depression, get away from my life. We can tell to divisions in our families to get away from our lives. We can tell and speak life into the death situations in our, our lives. But we need to have a revelation of who we serve and whom, where we belong. And this morning, I know where I belong. If you know it, great. But if this is your first time and you're hearing Jesus for the first time, I, I pray that you seek after Him. Because this Jesus that I'm preaching is real. This Jesus that I'm preaching is alive. And He's the only one who can set you free. He's the only one who can bring breakthroughs. 
He's the only one who can give you the healings that you need. All we need to do is yield to Him. Ask Him. Be earnest. Have a revelation of who is who He is this morning. If you close your eyes, I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Jesus. God, we come into your presence with a grateful heart this morning. God, teach us how to pray. Teach us how to be, be more intentional in our praying, God. God, you not only told us how to pray, but you model us in this earth. Open up our hearts this morning. Open up our eyes to see that. So that we can model the same thing that you model in our lives. God help us when we, when we see a problem, when we are uncomfortable, when we go through pains and troubles and anguish, God, help us to run to you and not run away from you, God. Help us, Jesus, we seek you, God. And I pray in the name of Jesus that we have a revelation. We live in that victory that you have provided. We live in the promises that you have already given to us because we know who we are. We know whom and where we belong to God. And we belong to you, Jesus. So help us this morning as we leave this place today. Help us to recommit ourselves to, to, to pray like you, Jesus to be more like you and less of us. We thank you for everything that you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you.